0: Good morning everyone, may the grace of God be with you all, and as I I stand here and uh, I see somebody familiar, Uncle Roger and Daniel, (laughs) welcome, it's been a while, and uh, today's sermon topic is called Come to Jesus. You know, I just want to share with you a small story in 1995, uh, just many, many years ago. Uh, if you see, look at the picture, right, it looks like a lot of hits. But actually, uh, students sitting together in National Day, this is an NDP combined choir where uh, everybody uh, was ready to actually sing those you know, NDP songs and all this. And guess what? I am probably one of them there <laughs> in 1995. Yeah, okay, I I joined the combined choir, not because I was in choir, but just because it was fun uh, with the school. And then one day, right, while we were training uh, in the in a choir room, I was sitting looking at the TV and because you were supposed to do some actions, there's this particular leader in the TV, the showing the actions. Oh I, I still remember I was sitting down there and pointing to my friends, hey. This girl quite pretty, huh? And all my friends said, yeah, right. <laughs> and that's it. But then I got to maybe once in a while bump into her uh, and saw her during the training. And, but we didn't get to talk to one another. Uh, after the whole NDP finish, okay, uh, in my school, uh, after a few months, uh, this person come and talk to me. I turn around and see, oh, this is the girl that I saw in the TV and sometimes I bump into, you know. And uh, I, then I get to know her name is Sulin. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, and uh, we had some short conversation, I realized that because she was there, because someone of our member, Michael Chum, was uh, in our school teaching and helping out in the camp. Then I was invited to a church, and I realized that she's also in the church. And then after that, I didn't leave the church. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, but, I you know, our, our meeting in the church for the next uh, two, three years, is just occasional meeting, you know, I saw her in the church, active, uh, being active in church, but I was more active in the NAV teens, so I didn't have much chance to actually talk to her, but uh, only when I see her uh, in a youth ministry or when, I, when she attends an annual NAF camp, you know, uh, but it's only in 1998 when Pastor Andrew came and he invited us to say, hey, uh, a few of us to say, hey, why don't you come and uh, join me to uh, serve in the youth ministry together with some young adults and youth. And that's where I get to know her. And from then on, right, we converse and we become very, very good friends. And many of us probably will know that uh, the rest is history. <laughs> you know, uh, For a good three, four years, right, I get to know her uh, by just involving the activities and participating in the same uh, service. Uh, But uh, the things I know about her usually come from my friends who get to know her a bit more. Then it's only when, right, when we work together and we get to know one another better, and then I know her. So what I'm getting at, About us uh, who walk with Jesus. Sometimes, especially, uh, sometimes um, I feel for my uh, youth who grew up in church because sometimes for them they come to church every Sunday because they grew up in church and church activities, Bible study, maybe even prayer or things that they do, right, is part and parcel of their Christian life. But to And maybe some of us here also take it that way. But do we know him? Or do we just know about him? For me, in the earlier years, I just know about Sulin. But it's only when I get to relate with her more, then I get to know her. Some of us might think that, right, this not attending church and activities and programs are what it means to follow Jesus but Jesus, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, saw Matthew sitting at the tax collector booth. He called Matthew, come, follow me. Matthew got up and followed him. Matthew did not get up to follow a program, but Matthew followed a person. <clears throat> he left everything and followed Jesus. Likewise, the call to come to Jesus today is to come to follow a person. Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that programs and activities are wrong, but it must be a means to come to know Him. And this person we know Him, we know is we want to come to know is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, who is our Lord and Savior, and not merely we just attend activities to one and to one another activities. He desires to know Him. Jesus calls us into a relationship with God, the Father, and Him when he defined eternal life as to know the only true God and the Jesus whom he has sent. So how then can we come to Jesus? What do we need to do to follow Jesus? So today's text, we will be looking at Matthew 11, verse 25 to 30. The text will show us that coming to Jesus is both, firstly, the work of God and the response of man. Let us read um, Matthew eleven twenty five 25 to 30. At the time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, And no one knows the son except the father, and no one knows the father except the son, and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him. And the famous verse, Come to me, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let us pray. Father, Lord, we give thanks to you that you are the one who invites us to come. And today, Lord, as we listen to your word, may you humble our hearts that we may come to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So how can we come to Jesus? <coughs> come to Jesus is first the work of God. Come to Jesus is first the work of God. Unless God first revealed Jesus to us, he, we will not come to him. No, at times... At the time, sorry, coming to Jesus is God's divine work in one's life. No one can come to Jesus by their own will or ways. God must first do a work in that person's life before one would actually come to him. A.W. Dozer in his book, I will be using some of his uh, uh, absurd. Okay, in his book says, in the pursuit of God, very good book to read, uh, before a sinful man think a right thought of god there must have been a work of enlightenment done within him imperfect it may be but a true work nonetheless and the secret cause of all desiring and seeking and praying which may follow which may follow we pursue god because and only because he has first put an urge within us that spur us to the pursuit in short, is if God doesn't reveal Himself to us and draw us to Him, we will never come to Him. Jesus in John 6:44 says, "No one can come to Me unless the Father who sent Me draws Me, draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day." This is because we all have sinned and fall short of God's standard. We will never be drawn to God in our own will and desire. It is only by God's grace and his intervention that we are saved through faith in Jesus. Therefore, coming to Jesus is firstly God's work. And from the, on, from the passage, we know that it is God's will to review his revelations to the humble and not the proud. God's will to review his revelation to the humble and not the proud. The scripture says, God opposes the proud, but give grace to the humble here jesus declared that god the father is the one who chose whom he will reveal the good news of jesus christ he will reveal to the little children and hide from the wise and understanding little children here refers to the humble the teachable people the people who recognize that they need god in their life when Jesus' disciple asked Jesus in Matthew chapter 18, Who is the greatest disciples, Or who is the greatest in the kingdom of God? And Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like a little child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. You know, actually, Jesus did not answer his question. (laughs) But, he tells them how to enter the kingdom of God. And coming coming to the kingdom of God, they need to have the attitude towards God that is of a little child, a little children, who are helpless, and when when they are without carrying the doubts in their life to depend on. They must be willing to take this lowly and humble position turning from their sins and depend on God alone for their salvation. The revelation of God will be revealed to the humble of heart and not to the proud. On contrary, the wise and the understanding in the verse refers to the opposite attitude of little children. They represent the people who are self-dependent see themselves as wise in their own eyes, and think of themselves as ones who have no need of God at all. Everything can be done. Nothing is impossible by me. For one who is proud, there is no room for God in their hearts. Proverbs 16, verse 5 says, The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. Although this describes an unbeliever's condition, but the people of God are not exempted as well from here. Pride will hinder our relationship with God and with Jesus and blind our eyes from seeing God's work and his revelation in our lives. Hence, God's revelation is being described as being hidden from the wise and understanding. It's not because God wants to hide, but it's because they cannot see. They choose not to see it. God always revealed to us, just that they choose not to see it. It is like if you want to know whether you have diabetes, you know some of us here may have, you will need to prick your fingers to draw blood, and then test the sugar level in your bloodstream. It's not something you can know by how you feel, for a person who is proud. But you need to be tested. Likewise, pride is our, in our life is usually very subtle. And the person who is proud usually does not see it in himself or herself. For the heart is deceitful above all things, the Bible says. Unless we are immersed daily in God's word and asking God to search and test our hearts, to review sins and wickedness in our lives, we will not recognize in our hearts the evilness and our evil conditions. Do you know your condition today? Have you spent time with the Lord? today to ask him to look at your heart. Is your heart proud? So what is this revelation that God is going to reveal? God's revelation is that Jesus is the only way to God. For the people who are proud, they cannot take this. How can somebody be the only way? Maybe one of the way, but cannot be the only way. But God's revelation is, Jesus is the only way to God. First Corinthians one 22-24 says, Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. The revelation of God is that the person of Jesus Christ is the only way for anyone to come to know God. For God has already given all things and all authority to Jesus. He is the one that God will reveal himself to the world. Not by wisdom, not understanding, not religion, not politics, not education, not programs and activities, or self-help books, or even maintaining a moral standard. Are the secret of knowing God nothing that we can attain or do will draw us to God it is only through the relationship with Jesus that we can approach God himself now I have encountered many non-believers who shared that Jesus being the answers is difficult to accept like just now I said in fact one of the common reasons that I heard why they reject Jesus Christ is because Believing in Jesus is for the weak and the lazy people. Because they are not strong and unwilling to hard work hard, they turn to Jesus for help when facing life difficulties. But people who are strong and hardworking can help themselves. Nothing is too difficult. In fact, all religions are the same. They just teach people how to do good things. To these people, they take pride in their self-sufficiency and their own strength. They do not see that they need God. There are still many more reasons why people reject Jesus Christ. But as long as we depend on ourselves, thinking that we can make it, it is impossible for anyone to turn to Jesus with this attitude. So God is one. So God is the one who must first work in people's life so that they can draw near to the person of Jesus. Only through Jesus we get to know God himself. What about us, brothers and sisters? Have we been living our Christian life relying on our own wisdom, our own worldly self-help, or advice on how we should live our lives rather than turning to God and coming to Jesus? Is Jesus still all we ever need? Is he still the ultimate authority we turn to for advice, for comfort, for strength? So if Jesus is the only way to God, what should we do? How can we come to him? Jesus invites all to come to him in verse 28 to 30. Jesus invites all to come to him. Salvation is offered to all people through Jesus Christ. Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30, just now I read, but just let me read again. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, at first when I read this passage, right, I thought that only a certain group of people comes to Jesus. The people, the certain group are people who are tired and, you know, don't have energy to go any. Very much like what I said just now, right? ah, you know, only for the people who are tired, no they lazy, don't want to do work one. Huh? Go and look for Jesus. Oh, so when I'm tired, then I come to Jesus. But I'm not tired now, so I don't need to come. Okay. The rest, but then, I realize that, right, if I read carefully, okay, uh, the, the invitation is not only for a certain group of people, but the invitation is for all people. All people, they come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, all. All people in the world are weary and burdened, plagued with lostness and hopelessness, weighed down by the expectation of the world. And Jesus is reaching out and inviting all to come to him and find God's salvation in him, God's rest that is freely offered to everyone. So the revelation of Jesus Christ, who He is, is actually revealed to all people. And whether a person is humble enough to receive Jesus or not, it's a choice of that person. In John 3.16, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. It is God's desire to see that all people will reach repentance through Jesus Christ. He does not wish for anyone to perish. With that, Jesus made his invitation to all to come to him, and he promised that those who respond will find rest in him. So come to, and so Jesus' invitation, come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me and I will give you rest. You know, the Bible says that we are all being made in the image of God, Therefore, within us, we do have the capacity to know God personally. For that was the purpose of God's create, for that was the purpose God created us, that we can know Him. But because of our sins, we lack the power to do so. When Jesus says, Come to me, it was his invitation to come, to have a relationship with him. It is God's initiative to draw all people back to him through Jesus Christ. This call challenges all who hear and respond. Pot- This call challenges all who hear it to respond positively so that they can enjoy the rest given by Jesus. It was the choice of all people to make the decisions. To come or not to come is your choice. For those who sincerely respond to Jesus' invitation to come to him, that is the moment of conversion. And again, I quote from Dozer. He described that moment. The moment the Spirit has quickened us to life in regeneration, our whole being sends its kingship to God and lives up in joyous recognition. That is the heavenly birth without which we cannot see the kingdom of God. This is the moment when we become spiritually alive. And those that continue to say, okay, this is the moment spiritually alive, right? It just doesn't stop that. This is the beginning of a Christian life. And then those are continue to say, it is however, not an end, but an inception. For now begins the glorious pursuit, the hearts, a happy exploration of the infinite riches of the Godhead. Come to Jesus is the awakening, is the awakening of our spiritual deadness and the new beginning of our Christian life. So how do we come to Jesus for during, how do you come to Jesus? You know, for when Jesus called uh, in Matthew eleven uh, during his time, anybody who listened to his call and responded right can just walk up to him and say, "I will follow you," you know, like how Jesus called his disciples and his disciples follow him. What about us? I mean, you don't see him physically walking, so we cannot walk up to him and say, "I want to follow you." What does it mean for us to come and follow him? And uh, just looking at a, a few phrases that has the equivalent idea of coming to Jesus in the Bible, uh, especially in Acts and the Epistles. Uh, There are two phrases. Uh, Faith in Christ, or believing in Jesus, can be used to understand coming to Jesus. So let me just use believe in Jesus because this phrase is commonly used in the Epistles. In Acts 10, let me show you a few verses. In text 10, 43, to him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sin through his name 1st John 5 13 I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life or Romans chapter 10 verse 9 because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raises him from the dead you will be saved so today How we come to Jesus, it means that we need to believe in Him, in His work on the cross, in His resurrection, and His ascensions, and that is the place where we begin our Christian life. If you truly believe in your heart that this is done for you. And since we believe not in an ideology or a program, but a person, that means that we can cultivate a relationship with Him and with God like other people, how we cultivate relationship with other people. You know, God is seeking a relationship with us. He's not seeking for us to do more things. And coming to Jesus is the first step of an eternal joyous relationship we will have with the Godhead, and thus experiencing the rest that is given by God. Therefore, if we are to believe in Jesus, he calls us to turn to him, to change our allegiance from following the world to following him. We need to surrender ourselves to Him. That is the first step. That when you take, when you say, "I come," surrender ourselves to Him. Now, in Singapore, all citizens are not allowed to have dual citizenship, which most of us will know by now. People will need to choose whether they are Singaporean citizens or not. Now, Minister Shamoon, uh, for uh, the reason for this. He gave is that we are a small and young nation and it is important that our citizens have a long-term commitment to build a future together what it means to me means for a country to thrive the citizen must be loyal and committed to build the nations together what about us as citizens of the kingdom of god where does our allegiance lie who is the king of our life ourself or king jesus When Jesus called us to believe in him, he offered to exchange the weight that the world had put on us, which is tiring and heavy. For his yoke, the exchange is the weight, and he gives us his yoke, which is easy and light. The weight that we carry represents our allegiance to the world. When we see ourselves as king of our own life, whereas the yoke and the burden that Jesus offered represents our allegiance to the kingdom of God, where king jesus reigns hence if i choose to believe in jesus then i must change my allegiance from king Zibing to king jesus i cannot be king when jesus is king if jesus is not king then then i'll be king <laughs> you know so matthew 6:24 says no one can serve two masters Either you hate the one or love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So for me, either I serve God or I serve myself. But God knows that with our best intention and desire to walk right with him, it is impossible for us to live our Christian life by ourselves because we are prone to sin and easily turn back to our old ways. Jesus never intended for us to walk alone in this journey. When we believe in Jesus and receive the yoke that he offers to us, it is a yoke that he is carrying together with us, like what Pastor John said last week. We are doing it together, and even better, he is carrying most of it, encouraging us to learn from him, for he is gentle and humble in heart. So when we come to believe in Jesus, we are called to yoke with Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty nine Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. <clears throat> Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Jesus is not urging us to work more, but it's an invitation for us to follow Him to be His disciples. He will be the one leading and teaching us to know who God is. The Christian life is a life of discipleship. A life in which we find rest for our souls when we follow Jesus. Discipleship does not mean that there is nothing to do. Sometimes we hear, oh, you know, rest, easy, okay. God, you do everything. We just relax one corner. No does not mean that there's nothing to do while we follow Jesus and let Jesus do all the work. The yoke is easy and the burden is light indicates to us that there is still work to be done. Just that compared to the weight we previously carry by ourselves, the yoke and burden that is from Jesus is easy and light. Most of us know that discipleship journey at times can be very challenging. Jesus says in Luke nine twenty three. Whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Denying themselves is surrendering themselves to Jesus, which we talked about just now. Taking up the cross daily and follow me is the expectation of a disciple in his discipleship journey. Suffering, hardships, and difficulties are expected daily when we follow Jesus. For coming to Jesus... It's a daily affair. We need Jesus every day to face all this. At this juncture, we may ask ourselves: Is Jesus' yoke really easy and the burden light? Can I cheated or not? <laughs> it does not seem like it at all. And especially of us, we are trying to live our life for God. But when we remember that Jesus is on our side. Carrying the yoke with us, and he has already overcome the world, victory is his and ours. Then indeed, the yoke is easy and the burden light, regardless of the circumstances we face daily. Do you believe it? Do you believe that when we walk with Jesus, our yoke burden is light? Because Jesus is with us, so God, in His grace, right, have provided us with spiritual discipline to help us, like fasting, you no know, Bible study, prayer, meditation, worship, solitude, service, and many, many more, to help us to come to Him and to know Him. You know, I know that among us, including myself, you might sometimes find that right. The spiritual discipline is a chore. Why must I do this? But if we truly are like the little children described earlier. We will recognize that our sinful condition and how practicing these disciplines will lead us to our Savior is a means to Jesus. If we see it as a discipline that we got to do so that because we are Christian, then you become a chore. But if we see it as a way to help us to get to know more about who Jesus is, then it become life to us. There'll be joy. So a life of discipline or discipleship. Is a life of Christian life. And simply put, we as disciples daily following Jesus closely, learning and obeying his teaching, and the aim of achieving one thing as we pursue God is like Paul declared in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 to 11 I want to know Christ. I mean, that's what he said very loudly. It looks like I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attain in the resurrection from the dead. All his desire, the things that he does in the the New Testament that you read, it's all about knowing Jesus. Discipleship is to know Jesus Christ. And the good news is, Jesus is inviting all to come to know him. He didn't say, oh, uh, this is a selected group, but he's inviting everyone to come to know him. As we come to the end of the sermon, just want to help us recap what we have learned. Come to Jesus is God's work. Let us be very clear with this. We cannot do anything to come to him. Come to Jesus is God's work. To invite Come to Jesus, it's God's work to invite and to reveal. And the responsibility of man is to respond, and follow. So coming to Jesus is first, like I say, God's work. God will reveal his revelation to the humble and not to the proud because only the humble will be able to accept who Jesus is. The only way to God. And this only way is offered to everyone to come. Jesus inviting everyone to come to him. Come to him to find rest. And only rest that we can find unless we learn to surrender ourselves to him and take up his yoke together with Jesus. Sorry, you're coming out here already, right? But before that, right? <laughs> I actually wanted to invite Uncle Kiam Xiong or Elder Chamseong to come and share with us. Uh, the amazing testimony of his uh, late mother-in-law, Auntie Patricia Day,
1: on how he, she come to know the Lord. Thank you. Okay, I won't share too long so you don't stand there too long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we, we, it has been really a not easy journey for us, physically, mentally, emotionally, training, to have both my parents-in-law pass away within a span of a week. It's one after another. But we are thankful to the church. Who stand by us? People came physically to comfort us, pray for us, encourage us with God's word. Particularly Pastor Bunsey who baptized my mother-in-law, Patricia, who befriended her again at the gate, go there, encourage her with God's word, and Pastor Jonathan who served us at the funeral week. So we are thankful for that. Actually, the day when she was diagnosed with cancer in the hospital, a doctor broke the news to her. Karen and me visited her. We were there hearing the news firsthand. <coughs> we were shocked she was shocked but she put on a very strong front over the years we have been trying to karen have been making a lot of effort to share the gospel with her the day we left the hospital heavy burden she is a non-believer she's strong in her will in what she believe in what she think we really think god how is she going to know jesus we explore many ways karen approached ching lee how do you reach out to your parents <clears throat> Ching Lee give all the suggestion. Karen approached the navigator's friend brought her to the hospital to share the gospel we try always we Karen talked to Patricia we asked for help we reach out because we know that her heart is close towards us but all in a view, it nothing hap, happened she remained close I remember clearly we were in Taiwan on the 14th of December we gathered the children we pray. we pray and intercede for their soul we told the children that you know one thing that's burdened us is where your p- grandparents will be when they live without jesus we feel the urgency of <clears throat> time is limited she doctor says she only got three to six months in fact she died after one and a half months. she was diagnosed on the 16th of of uh, december two days after we gather and pray and say what we're going to do when we go <clears throat> back we receive new shakes for jesus god answered our prayer by getting a patient in the same ward share the gospel with her and the story is very long our child, okay <laughs> this lady also has a miraculous story to share she shared and my mother-in-law responded to jesus and the message came to us where taiwan we rejoices and and we really think that coming to god is really the work of god <laughs> we we wanted to do much when we come back but before we came back she received jesus and we have doubt you know, human, we have doubt in a finite understanding. Is she really committed and serious? We ask God, and God affirmed our heart. When we came back, we heard that she told her children, "I'm already a Christian." She testified for Jesus. And the next thing she did was well, get me a physical Bible. I want to hold it close to me. And the next thing if we know, it, I want to be baptized. And Pastor Businge came baptized. And the next thing we know it, she told the children, "Remove all the idols from the house." wow so i told my wife is that is not faith in jesus then what is that so we are amazed we try to work salvation into her life but lord is god who works in her life not us so coming to jesus is really the work of god when she opened her heart god works in her life Mm. just as for us and you know she she has cancer and her cancer has spread to many parts of her body. And at the end, the doctor can only conclude it's a cancer of the tissue. It means when the cancer attacks her, it's all part of her body in intense pain. And she really relied on morphine two, three times a day to ease the pain and she'll be knocked out. Yeah, it's, it's really like that every day. And there was a moment, a couple of moments when, when Karen was there, when she was in pain, we called for the nurse. Before the nurse reached, somehow Karen was prompted to sing, Jesus loves you as she was singing she saw my mother-in-law relax and the nurse came in do you call for medicine but she looked at her doesn't seem that you call for medicine that's okay right you should teach the nurse to sing jesus loves you <laughs> yeah <clears throat> you know what i'm trying to say is this not to be what talking about is the yoke of jesus easy i feel that the yoke of jesus is not to be discussed mentally easy or not It's to be experienced she experienced you know when Jesus when Karen sang the song to her, she experienced Jesus. Mm-hmm. And she reminded her that Jesus loved her, Jesus cared for her, and she feel the relaxation and rest, even though she's in pain. So I thought I just want to encourage all of you, come to Jesus. It's the work of God in your life. Every wonder is it difficult? It's to be experienced. So come to Jesus, brother and sister, just as what my mother in law has did. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Amen. Praise God for his goodness, for auntie, and who is now in his presence. I mean, I think that the testimony really uh, summed up everything that I shared, uh, where God is the one who's at work, and that you want to see God at work in your life, come and experience him by coming to Jesus. Before uh, we close, I um, just want to give us some time. Among us here today, there, must be, there might be some who have not responded to Jesus' invitation to come to know him. Today is the day that God is calling you, calling you to come to him and have a relationship with him. If you would like to do so, after service, I will be at the front and you can come and look for me. I can, we can continue to talk. But if you are a Christian today and you realise that right, you have not been walking right with God, you have not been walking faithfully, Jesus too is calling you to come to Him. Repent and return to Him, for He wants you to find rest in Him, the rest that He has promised for those who walk with Him. If you are a Christian today, Who are struggling because of your following with Christ. He too calls you to come to Him, to find comfort, to find rest. For He loves you and He wants to walk with you. I'll give us some time to respond to God by yourself. He's calling all of us to come to Him, regardless where you are at this point of time. He's calling us to come. I'll be showing a slide on uh, Tosa's prayer. <clears throat> now, come to Jesus is not only I tell you to come. <clears throat> Jesus is calling me to come to Him too, because it's everyone's individual responsibilities. So, <clears throat> what I'm going to do is you can take a look at the slide, read the prayer. And I pray you can pray together with me if that is what you also desire. It's a response to God. Let's pray together. Oh God. I have tasted your goodness, and it has both satisfied me and made me thirsty for more. I am painfully conscious of my need of further grace. I am ashamed of my lack of desire, O oh God, the Triune God. I want to want you. I long to be filled with longing. I thirst to be more, to be made more thirsty still. Show me your glory, I pray, so that I may know you indeed. Begin in mercy a new work of love within me. Say to my soul, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Then, give me the grace to rise and follow you up from the misty low ground where I have wandered so long. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.